Hello, Herd, and welcome back. Hi. Mostly, Mostly to us, not to you. You've been there waiting for us, and we're back. So, hi. Uh, I am your Herd leader, John Wayne. I am your Herd mom, Megan. And welcome to our Clone Wars rewatch episode of the day. Um, we originally hadn't expected to get back on schedule uh, until next week, but we really wanted to push to stay on our normal schedule for the Clone Wars rewatch. Um... And so, we're back. Uh, if you didn't notice the uh, absence of our show for the week, we, we really only missed um, Monday and Wednesday. But uh, over the weekend, we had uh, an incident at work. If you don't know, we work for the Salvation Army. And one of the things that we do is uh, we run a shelter. Uh, we help those that uh, don't have housing um, and resources for housing. Uh, uh, during those times of need, and uh, we actually had a fire at that shelter, uh, and so it was kind of an all-hands-on-deck response to that uh, situation, and then um, with finding temporary shelter for everything and managing that, it's been a busy, uh, golly, it's been a whole week since that. Um, did you just say golly? I did. <laughs> That's how surprised I was. You turned yeah. into a child from the forest. <laughs> Um, yeah, a week ago. It happened last Friday, and so that's part of also why originally uh, we were supposed to do two Clone Wars rewatch episodes last Friday. That got cut short, uh, and then, of course, like I said, we missed Monday and Wednesday. Uh, but in order to push ourselves to stay on schedule for the Clone Wars rewatch, we are back today, and today we will actually be doing two episodes because uh, we don't foresee any other fires happening, but we, you know, you could, we, yeah, couldn't predict that that was what, what our weekend was going to look like. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, it kind of just happened, but, um, luckily, uh, things are working out and hopefully soon we'll find more permanent solutions to all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, so good vibes would be appreciated around that situation. But nonetheless, uh, here we are with some Clone Wars to discuss. We've already rewatched, so now it's the discussion. Yeah. Um, but this was one we were supposed to do last week. Don't try and understand the Clone Wars rewatch <laughs> situation right now, okay? Just, we missed one week and then it's just crazy. So, today you're get just know, today you're getting this episode and another episode. And next week, it'll be back to normal of just one episode per week and all that good stuff. Other, yes. you know, just enjoy the extra content. Um... But yeah, so that's kind of been our week. Hopefully your week's been less eventful. Uh, and if not, uh, then hopefully this will uh, bring some kind of joy into your day. I mean, who doesn't love Clone Wars? I don't know. After the last episodes we watched, I'm kind of on the fence <laughs> right now. You'll be fine. Well, yeah, that'll, that'll be uh, our next yeah. discussion. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, Clone Wars is, I mean... I say it all the time, but it's true. It's just our most popular podcast episode. I mean, it is insane how many of you people listening love the Clone Wars. Uh, and we really enjoy the the conversations around this. And, of course, it gives us a chance to watch the Clone Wars together and, and have fun conversations off the mic, some of which does make it to the mic. Others are just for us. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's... It's just, it's it's enjoyable all around, so welcome to the enjoyment. Yay! Um, 
today we're talking about two episodes in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not confusing. Um, we're talking about uh, a couple of episodes to do with uh, Mandalore and corruption on Mandalore and all that good stuff. So we get some good uh, Satine Padme. We get some good Ahsoka pa uh, Satine. So just a full roster of leading ladies in these couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this batch of episodes been very, you know, awesome female heavy. Yeah, um, I think I want to say the only one not is what we'll talk about in the next episode of, of Arc Troopers. I mean, you're dealing with pretty much just the clones mostly, but can't wait. Both of the other episodes um, deal with Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka appears in one of these episodes. Padme appears in one of these episodes. Padme appears in one of the other episodes with Ahsoka. So, yeah, I mean, uh, they're, the the great thing about Clone Wars is how much they take advantage of what what a r wide roster of people they have. I say that knowing full well that I've complained that they haven't done enough with some characters. Um, but, I mean, when you really go down the list of main characters, if you had to do to define the main characters. There's a lot to, to work with, and uh, at least in the cast of main characters, mm -hmm. they do a pretty good job of revolving your focus. You get, you know, all right, you get focus on Anakin, you get focus on Ahsoka, you get focus on Obi-Wan, and so forth and so I mean, there's so many characters to focus on. I understand why we didn't get more Kiati Mundi or Shakti or so forth and so on. Yeah. Doesn't mean I still w don't want those Jedi to get some limelight, but... Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it in the next episode, but we did get a little bit of Shakti. A, a, a little, like, a little bit. 50 seconds, <laughs> at least, of Shakti, and I was so excited for those 50 seconds. Yeah. And um, then, bye. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you understand why, but you're also just still frustrated. Yeah. Um, but, any, regardless, in these episodes, we have a great cast, um, the great thing is we never, I never get tired of seeing them revolve the main characters of, like, Ahsoka, Padme, and, oh, yeah. you know, they, they've done so well. Now, season one, obviously, dipping toes in the water, it was a little different, but by mid-season two, definitely now into season three, mm -hmm. the stories they tell are so well done, um, that it's not just, like, your character of the week kind of episodes. Yeah. You know, it feels like depth. And, and it feels like growth, uh, you know. Yeah. And you even see things return later on in some episodes in some cases. Like with, with Ahsoka, you see some of the lessons she's learned paying off in other episodes as she's learning new lessons that will pay off in other episodes and so forth. Yeah. And so on. So. Yeah. 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 Were you going to say something? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just look like you were going to say something. No, I, I realized that I was, something I was about to say comes up in next episode, so I'll, I'll leave it. It's the problem with doing two Clone Wars yeah. rewatch episodes <laughs> Like, the last one is so fresh in my mind. Right. Because we watched it last night. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I want to talk about this, but I can't right now. Yep. You'll just have to tune in after this one. Yeah. So, it's gonna be good. I don't imagine this being as long of an episode again. We're only talking about two episodes. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends on the conversation. Uh, but, just so you know, and we'll mention it again in the next episode, uh, in case we catch people that didn't listen to this one, uh, we're only going to do our, our Amazon banking clam blurb in this episode. We're not going to double down on it and do it twice. Yeah. I mean, 
it's just is what it is. So because this episode's going to be shorter, we're, we decided to put it in this one. Uh, so hopefully you don't have two crazy long episodes uh, going on and so forth and so on. But mm -hmm. anyway, so today we're talking about uh, season three, episode five and six. But episode five, uh, just titled Corruption. Uh, and the moral is the challenge of hope is to overcome corruption. Um, mm hmm and, I mean, that's yeah. kind of encapsulating of Star Wars. I mean, especially the uh, original trilogy, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in the sense... Uh, not that, obviously, we're dealing with corruption in Clone Wars and, and Republic era, but when we think of Star Wars and corruption, you think mostly of Empire. Yeah. You know, um, because they're the power at B then, uh, and they're so blatantly corrupt. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's almost like the whole, the, the job of hope, the job of the rebellion is to overcome uh, the empire yeah. and so forth. And one can also make the point, the challenge of hope is to not, you know, be consumed by corruption as well. To be so forward thinking in getting what you need or want that you're willing to justify the means to get there. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we see that a lot in Star Wars, too, of good people, good politicians, really kind of blurring the line of corruption and, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of doing what's best for their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, yeah, hope and corruption are kind of two sides of the same coin of both are willing to do whatever it takes to achieve something. Uh, you know, the idea of hope usually falls on the side of doing something to help others or help oneself, yeah. whereas corruption is usually about helping oneself in a more selfish way of, of you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make my life comfortable or my life better or to get this power. Whereas hope is, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help these people or do for these people or reach these people and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah. We're gonna Interesting. Yeah, we're going to see a little bit of that in uh, this episode of, you know, doing what you perceive needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the moral conversation, too, of when when is it okay to push the envelope and when is it actually break you know it's it's like two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing but when is the right wrong enough that you can get away with it yeah if that makes sense i think i just confused myself it happens <laughs> <laughs> politics are hard right um so the opening narration for this episode is desperate times on mandalore Having one neutrality for the Mandalorian system, Duchess Satine now finds herself an outsider with very little aid to her people. Supplies are hard to come by except for the black market. As a result, the Duchess faces a world consumed by greed, hoping to alleviate some of the tension rising in the capital city of Sundari. Satine has called upon her friend Padme Amidala to make a diplomatic visit. Yeah. Um, and so... It, you know, these two episodes, I would say the latter, we get a little bit more of your expected level of action a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But both are, if you can't tell already, politically heavy. Uh, they're much more... I apologize uh, for the creaky sounds. Yeah, if you can hear it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a really it, good it, microphone. 
it's more focused on the excitement of conversation and political tension and so forth. Not excitement in the idea that you're happy about it, in excitement in the idea of you get the same kind of um, energy from Padme and Satine running around trying to solve this uh, mystery crime kind of thing as yeah. you would Anakin, you know, slicing up droids kind of thing. So, like you said, we we do get some really great Satine and Padme this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get we get some good detective work here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then what I find interesting is I'm not I'm certainly not insinuating that Satine is a recycled Padme character. Mm-hmm. You know, there are parallels. I also love that there's uh, differences. Yeah. But getting essentially two of the greatest kind of political. Mm-hmm. female leaders of the show uh, together because certainly Mon Mothma would be in their category. Oh, yeah. She's definitely up there with them. But for really arguably, in my opinion, for the origi- original trilogy Empire Rebellion era. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that she appears in a couple of scenes in Revenge of the Sith and more in deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she really didn't hit stride until uh, afterwards, yeah. until after Padme's example, uh, yeah. and so forth. So having yeah. having Satine and Padme, who are two big voices in the political climate now in this period, mm-hmm. uh, together, is great. Yeah, and I I mentioned it last night when we were watching episodes, but it you can really see kind of even some of Leia's influences when you look at Mon Mothma and her name escapes me but Bail Organa's wife Brea Brea you took me a second yeah you really see kind of her political influences a lot mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know uh it doesn't take away from Leia being Padme's daughter any no. more than it takes away from Luke being Padme's son but it shows that both are creations also of their environment, you know? Yeah. They have their heritage, and I think that's because of their strong link to the Force. Yeah. But they also have uh, external influences, extra additions. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, they have the essence of Anakin and Padme, and then they have uh, it added on with you know, characteristics of Obi-Wan and, mm-hmm. and Yoda and uh, also for, you know, Leia, like you said, Mon Mothma and, and, and so forth. And so, you know, the Organas in general. Yeah. Um, and so it, it speaks to the layers of the characters that they don't just, you know, and, and it almost goes to, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, when I started that thought, I wasn't going to this point, but it kind of speaks similarly to what, you know, uh, The Last Jedi was kind of talking about with Rey of, you know, it matters, but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who your parents are, and in that it matters more who you are. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to think about how different they might have been if they knew who their parents were. You know. Yeah. Almost like what? Who would Luke have been if he knew who his dad was? Yeah. Not, not in the Darth Vader sense, in the Anakin Skywalker sense. Yeah. Who would, Pad? I mean, re, uh, not Pad. Uh, Leia. Leia. 
what's interesting is she's the most like what she probably like she wouldn't yeah. have changed much <laughs> and like i think about it sometimes where i'm like bale probably looked at leia sometimes and like that's padme mm-hmm. that is 100 percent padme mm-hmm. that makes me sad <laughs> yeah it's really interesting yeah it, it was probably difficult for him at sometimes yeah you know being such good friends with padme to see her you know in her daughter so much yeah it's really interesting. And that's almost kind of why I don't see a problem with her saying she, you know, sees images of her mother and everything. I think that's to do with her strong connection to yeah. her heritage and, and so forth. And there's a possibility that she could have been like, I don't know, it might be silly, but bear with me. Like, it's a headcanon. She might have been kind of, in a way, reading her Bale's memories of Padme, in a way. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, because, like, we've seen that before, you know, Jedi. <laughs> yeah, there's a cat here, by the way. She's very cleddly and talkative right now. Mm-hmm. So, it's because yeah. we're talking about Padme and Satine. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to be here for this conversation. She's a strong, independent politician herself. Mm-hmm. She is in the business of catching mice. <laughs> uh, so, uh, back to the thing. We are in Mandalore, which means that we're back to some very kind of political heavy episodes mm-hmm. um and that's definitely not a bad thing for the clone wars i really appreciate the ones that really delve into the political climate of the republic at this time yeah well and something the clone wars doesn't do is it doesn't cheapen politics for star wars to be like yeah. you know it's not just like oh we need this political plot because we need to explain why we want them to do this cool thing no like the the politics are legit in, in the Clone Wars, and yeah. I love that, especially when it comes to these episodes and, you know, Mandalore in general, is they're so real. They're such real conversations that you can almost forget you're talking about a show and you start to, you've started to talk about current events and so forth and so on because they so greatly reflect reality a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think I look forward to politics in the Clone Wars. Yeah, me too. You know, it's it's an interesting statement, but it's true. Yeah, I'm always happy to see more of Padme and Satine, because mm-hmm. they're two of my favorite characters, if you couldn't already tell. Um, so, uh, since we left, Ma- left, since we last left Mandalore, uh, things have been kind of slowly devolving. Mm-hmm. The, all of the hope that was built up in the last Mandalore episodes, it's kind of gone stale a little bit. Um... The price of standing up to the Republic and refusing any assistance with the Death Watch matter has meant that much of Mandalore has adopted a whatever-necessary policy. Which is interesting because we kind of started that whole hope versus uh, uh, corruption. Both represent the idea of do whatever's necessary. We started that conversation just naturally, not even regarding that that actually is kind of a stance on where why Mandalore's in the place it is is because yeah. they've taken a whatever it takes attitude. So it's really it's really interesting how that kind of came up. Yeah. But. And because of that attitude and that, you know, whatever we need to do policy, uh it involves using smugglers in order to get food and other supplies for the people. Mhm. Cuz as we said, it's become quite a bit scarce in yeah. these last Well, and it's it's Again, it's kind of a reality where it's like, you know, when you're uh, kind of excommunicated by choice, you know, they wanted to be uninvolved in everything, and by being uninvolved, now they have no support. 
Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those things, I don't think they nor we as the audience realized how much support they had even as a neutral system. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things now being kind of blacklisted and, and wanting to stay uninvolved now they have to basically sell out their standards in order to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. They have to be like, okay, well, you know, if we want to continue to get food, we can't get it the right way, so now we have to overpay these smugglers to get it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it's it's very, it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's depressing. Um, it's also real and, and so forth. Um, so, but what did you think? Well, I mean, what did you think about them showing this side of, you know, we, we're used to seeing the blasters and the lightsabers and the battles, you know, but this is a very different side of that same war. You know, what did you think about that? I think it's very real. It's a side that not many people think about, um, that there are those who will absolutely benefit off of this war. And that's, you know, the Trade Federation is one, mm-hmm. because we know how much they love blockades. <laughs> They, they're just absolutely mad about them. But also you have others who see the benefit of, you know, the blockades being like, they need supplies. We have supplies. We can make even more money than we're already making off of them who mm-hmm. cannot get supplies naturally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, there were quite a few supporters of the war. Yeah, inadvertently. You know, yeah. it's like, we're not supporting the war, but you really are by profiting off of it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean... Think of how many people really didn't want things to end because then their business would end. Think I mean, how yeah. Think how many were willing to accept the empire because they said, more war, more mm-hmm. business, kind of. You know, yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things where you start to see that, where it's like you have these parties going one side to the other just because... It's business. It's profitable. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we think of the Clone Wars as just the big battles and epicness and and forget that, in reality, this would be a reality. This would be a side of the war. It wouldn't just be about the guns and and, and battles. It would also be about, you know, the starving children and and the um, unreachable individuals cut off by, you know, these blocked supply lines and so forth and so on. Yeah. Um, so this is as much the Clone Wars as the battles are, really. Mm-hmm. And it really takes, it really makes you take a step back and look at real life and be like, is this same kind of corruption happening in the world as we know it? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, and then it creates this interesting idea of, you know, I mean, we don't have kids, but like if we had kids that were, um, mature enough to have these conversations with, they would almost be like, you know, this, using Star Wars as a means of saying, this is what corruption is, this is what it looks like, and this is very real, and helping them understand the world around them through Star Wars. And it, yeah. it it's one of those things where it's not new that Star Wars would teach about lessons of life, but it's, you usually, again, don't think that that's going to pertain to politics. Yeah. You think it's going to pertain to being a hero in your own way and all, you know, doing uh, good for others and blah, blah, blah. You don't think of, and this is how politics works. And you, you know, thanks to Star Wars, I understand how this all kind of fits together. Not necessarily, you shouldn't get your entire political education from Star Wars, Mm -hmm. but 
certainly Star Wars has a commentary for politics. Yes. And what your part as citizens kind of are, because that's the perspective of everyone we tend to focus on and follow throughout these stories, is that it's about the people affected most by this by by this uh, uh, war mm-hmm. and, and, and corruption and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I used the analogy the other day, you know, I was talking to someone, and they... They mentioned a politician by name saying, I don't know how Blank still has supporters. And I just said, Palpatine and the Empire had supporters. Mm-hmm. And people knew what he was doing. Well, and it's because it's all, that's also, it is also a market. It's, a, it's, you know, it's kind of a supply and demand. Yep. There are people that want certain things that corrupt individuals offer under the guise that it's what you need when, mm-hmm. rea- when in reality it's not. Uh, it's what they need you to need mm-hmm. in order to remain in power yeah. um you know i mean corruption is also i mean it's linked directly to manipulation so it's like yeah you know uh, because if people know it's corrupt you're far less likely to keep your power but if if it's plausibly deniable that it's corrupt then you have enough people that question it but not enough people that will stand against it yeah also john did you know that Millennials are ruining furniture stores. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, that was a joke, by the way. Uh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> sir, somebody actually believes that, but we were joking. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, this episode is made absolutely fantastic by Satine realizing that she cannot do this alone and calling in a friend of hers. It's Padme. Yay. Surprise. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she calls in Padme in hopes that she can find a way for Mandalore to get some help from those who would be sympathetic to their struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which it's interesting because for Padme it's a difficult state. Obviously, clearly she's there, she wants yeah. to help, but it's also like most people have to think about the idea of I want to help, but I don't just represent my ideals, I represent the Republic. Mm-hmm. Most you know, and so that's why most politicians wouldn't help Mandalore. Obviously, Padme cares less about that and about doing the right thing. Yeah. But it's just like, it's also curious how she would even be allowed to visit Mandalore because of what it would look like. Yeah. You know, um, you know, even in the next episode when Ahsoka comes to Mandalore, spoiler alert, you know, it's <laughs> like she's clearly a Jedi. She has affiliations to the Jedi, so... Her, even her presence there is a commentary of, so are they helping you? Yeah. Like, it, it's easily misunderstood in, in a way, you know. It, it's just, it's something interesting I thought about when watching these episodes of, like, I get that it's happening so we have this episode, but why is it acceptable? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I get you. Um, even as Padme arrives on Mandalore, we see the, cor- like, we see corruption in the flesh, or in the weird green flesh, <laughs> as uh, some kind of alien species, uh, their smugglers pay off a customs officer while they deliver a type of tea that looks like the kelp shake from Spongebob. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. I'll show you a picture later. I, it was one of the... Hey, all you people. <laughs> hey, all you people. Hey, all you people, won't you listen to me? I've got some Mandalorian tea. <laughs> Basically, that's what happened. <laughs> that's, that's the tea, sis. 
So, um, yeah, we see that whatever necessary policy kind of come into play here. Um, unfortunately, the Mandalorian Council cannot agree exactly how to go about seeking help from the Republic. Uh, we see a lot of grumpy, arguing people, which never happens in politics, John. Mm. Absolutely not. Never. Never. And, you know, Mandalore is a democracy, so... Uh, it leaves our heroine's hands kind of tied at this point. So they kind of get outvoted. Yeah, well, and that goes back to what I was talking about of, you know, they want to ask for help, but they don't want to ask for help, and it looked like they're supporting the Republic or vice versa. Yeah. And so Padme being there, it's like, I guess, it's one of those things where it's like, I do understand from Sistine's side why it would be helpful and acceptable to have her kind of in a representative role, but at the same time, I also see how from the other side, it already looks like they're getting help from the Republic. Yeah. With You know, when people, it's like, hey, there's Padme and Satine, yeah. you know? It, it already looks kind of like, does that mean the Republic's helping them? It already starts a dangerous conversation because then it becomes, it pulls Mandalore into it. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I get Satine's trying to stay away from it, but she also needs... Uh, the Republic, mm-hmm. and so it's... I it's mean, very... It, it's, it's tough. Weird. It's yeah. tough, and, and that's the whole point of these episodes, and that's where the corruption comes from, is because it's so tough, we have to make things work. Yeah. And unfortunately, the people making things work are profiting off of it. Yep. So, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a big old political headache. Yeah. Um, so, the next day, uh, things get a little suspicious as Satine takes Padme to a newly opened hospital... And they find several children there with similar sickness, which, it's always interesting. Somebody, somebody put horse laxative in the, in the school, school chili that day. Horse laxative. It's a, it's a reference to something. Apparently. Some Netflix show or something like that. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Don't Google it. They put Scott Farkas into the chili. Who? His parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many things are being put in chili, you guys. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, they quickly suspect that the food at the school is the reason that so many of the kids are sick. And so they they hop on a, on a, on a streetcar named Desire, I don't know, and they head over to the school. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Almec suspects Death Watch... But Satine thinks that it is too unlike their tactics. I mean, she's not wrong. No. I mean, yeah. if if it was Death Watch, they would tell you it's Death Watch. They've done that every other time. So, I mean, already suspicious. Yeah. Um, so they head to the school and start investigating there, talking to, I guess, the principal? Uh, it's kind of like a, a superintendent or something. Super Nintendo Chalmers. I got Chalmers. <laughs> um... So yeah, they start investigating the school, talking about, you know, what's in the food. Uh, Super Nintendo says food is in the food. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, But they notice that the kids are drinking this fancy tea stuff mm-hmm. that, again, looks like the kelp shakes from Spongebob. Um, people know what I'm talking about. Trust sure. me. Sure. So, yeah, the I think it's a teen just like straight up yoinks one off of a kid's tray, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very funny because the kid's like, oh, okay, <laughs> we tea, <laughs> get off me. 
Very, very... Okay, that's fine. We have a very clingy cat today. <laughs> so, they find... They, they go and take it to a lab of some kind, and they find that there is an abnormal chemical in the tea, mm -hmm. which is a callback to a scene earlier where we find the weird species I don't I don't know what they're called. Oh, it's in Mugen. <laughs> Mugen. That's my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's one of those things where it wasn't like you it was there but it wasn't there. Yeah. Uh we see the Mugens kind of talking to the superintendent. I'm not going to keep calling him Super Nintendo because there's people that don't get that reference. Everybody gets Super what? What do you mean? Oh, Super people... Nintendo Chalmers. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I thought you were talking about people not knowing what Super Nintendo is, and I'm like... No. That's that's a bit bold claim. That's a Simpsons reference. I get that now. Yeah. Ralph Wiggum. I, I know your Ralph voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> Literally everyone in the show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... They're doing this weird thing where they're putting a certain kind of chemical in the tea. I forget what it's called. Yeah, well, they're cutting it so that, like, like instead of giving the full supply of tea, they give about 30% tea and 60% uh, the extra chemical. And that chemical, I mean... What's the other 10%? Well... Alright, 33.33%, 66.666%, okay? It brings it up to 99.999%. Satine. Right? It's the only way to bring a full pie into a third, okay? Um, but, I mean, drug dealers do this all the time. That's yeah. That's why so many street drugs are so dangerous. I mean, drugs in general are dangerous, but... Uh, the the general street market what it what it's doing is it's saying I don't want to give the full supply I want to milk this as long as I can so I'm gonna cut it with dish detergent yeah I, you know I'm gonna cut it with uh, what basically whatever yeah. and it and it's something that in some cases adds to the primary substance and and other w ones makes it much more poisonous yes we see this in Twin Peaks quite a bit that's that's the maximum of my drug knowledge right. <laughs> I, I I I know the empire. I've um, seen Twin Peaks. I know what Leo Johnson's selling. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm not going to give you 100%. And then it's one of those things. So now they're selling you 33.33% tea, but making profit as if it's 100%. And it just keeps milking the process. But uh, again, it, it's it's a chemical that's deadly to the, the Mandalorian people. Yeah. Which it, it's probably one of those things where it's like, now, the the business, co totally corrupt. I completely agree. I think the chemical thing might be an accident because in my mind, yeah. I've always thought of it like, okay, the Mugans are using something that they're like, oh, it's just water to us, but it's poisonous to humanoids. Yeah, and they talk about, you know, it's not that bad if you get the ratio right. Mm -hmm. So, eh. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's just like, you're still terrible, but at least you're not purposely trying to kill these kids. Yeah. I guess. You do it anyway, but... Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> uh, they're able to trace the shipment with some information from the Super Nintendo of the school, and they trace the shipment of tea to a shipping company worker. Uh, and there they discover that the exchange will be happening between the Mugen shippers and customs for more of the tainted tea. We, yeah... That's about it. For right now. My turn. Your turn. <laughs> um, 
I yeah. was going to go into so it. So I was just going to, I just wanted to talk about the point of the Mugans, because uh, if you've watched the episodes, um, Boy, then, <laughs> then you see that they are clearly based off of Egyptians. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, not them themselves, they're green-skinned, large-headed, very I, tall. Yeah, I will say, like, our understanding of Egyptians. Yeah, kind of the commercialized yeah. idea. Uh, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Mugans look very stereotypically alien, but they're dressed like yeah. Egyptians. And this, you know, they've got yeah. the headdresses, they've got the sort of, um, I want to say skirt, but, you know, I mean, basically a skirt. Yeah. And they've got the kind of lots of blue and gold lining. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you basically dressed up some aliens like Egyptians and, and called them Mugans and it was done. Uh, now, I mean, I'm not, yeah. so to clarify, I'm not calling it cheap necessarily, but I thought it was something interesting to talk about in the sense of, okay, in some instances there's like a, oh, I see where they got their inspiration. Yeah. That's kind of Italian or, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah. But then you get these where it's just like. That's just straight up, you know, Western culture ideal of Egyptian. <laughs> right. And so it's like, what do you think of, what do you think of that in particular, like the Mugen specifically? Because, I mean, it's such, it's so on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very odd. It's weird to like see just straight up a caricature of an Egyptian mummy. <laughs> like, that's what I thought when I first saw them, was, like, they look like unwrapped mummies, mm-hmm. in a way. What do you think of the fact that the reason that we're so short on mummies, the fact that they're so rare, is because... People ate them. <laughs> people ate them. <laughs> yep. Look that up if you want some interesting history. <laughs> Sawbones, um, medical cannibalism. Look it up, please, because it's incredible. Uh, well, it's, cr- it's insane, but... Um, yeah. I, it's one of those things, I guess... If we understood them more, other than just seeing them in this one scene, uh, they do come up a couple of times later, but we get nothing about them, which makes it, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if you explain to me where why you took these specific inspirations, yeah, I could get it. But for me, I don't catch anything that says, okay, this is why they're inspired by Egyptians. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. So no. it's like, it's just caricature. Yeah, so it's kind of like. You just thought it would be cool, I guess, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I like my inspirations to have a purpose, and and if someone would kindly explain that purpose to me, if you know it, then I'd appreciate that. And then, Right. (laughs) Um, But, and without me knowing why, it's just kind of, it's kind of cheap to me. I felt, I felt. Yeah. Whenever I see that species, I'm just kind of, I kind of eye roll, because I'm just like, Mommy. Somebody... They they gave that one intern a decision that day, and that was his, and it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be negative on it. I don't want to be, I just, I want a purpose for it. That's what I'm going to leave it at, and we'll move on. Yeah. Um, so, with the help of the local authorities, the awesome, beautiful ladies are able to stop the exchange and arrest those who are involved. Yeah, pretty easily solved. Including the know. superintendent, because he was in on it. Yep. By the way, didn't mention that. Um, well, yeah, that's how they got the information out of him. Yeah. <laughs> because he was the one accepting it from the shipper. The shipper was the one accepting it from the Mugans and so forth and so Those on. Those darn shippers. And the thing is, that's a network of, you know, they're paying off the uh, 
ship uh, the the dock worker. The dock worker is probably paying off the superintendent to mm -hmm. look the other way when he delivers it, uh, and so forth and so on. So I mean, it's a whole network of business. Look, yeah. I mean, a superintendent is making profit. Why? Probably because the if it's anything like our school system, they don't pay him enough. Exactly. So, I mean, a couple of kids get diarrhea and he gets <laughs> a, an extra pay raise. What's the What's the harm? Yeah. You know. Did anything like that ever happen at your schools? Like a class level, uh, like outbreak of something? Mm mm. My entire class got strep throat one year. I thought you were talking about teachers doing illegal things. I was going to say oh, yes, no, but no. Oh, no, that too. <laughs> right. Yeah, that happened. Well, I was homeschooled uh, for I was, a while. <laughs> yeah, public school system, man. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I've never had an instance where it's like everybody got a thing mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. Yeah. never really had that. Vaccinate your kids. Just <coughs> peace, peace out. <coughs> Sorry, I, I breathed in wrong. I was just going to say very a very fervent yes, but then my body was like, Bleh. Um That's why you need to vaccinate your kids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, yes, yes. We could yeah. stop measles right now if people would just vaccinate their kids. And if For you don't, sake. if you if you're listening to this and love Star Wars and don't vaccinate your kids, like I'm sorry to step on your toes, but do that. That's Please. important. We want children to live. If not for you know the health of you, you, for the health of your children, for the health of other people's children, please. Yeah, uh, but because it's not just you know your child's life you're taking into your hands. It's so many others. Sorry, stepping off a soapbox off of my heart. <laughs> um, so uh, even after everything they went through, Almec still promises to look into the matter of the corruption. Yeah, it's just kind of like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that happened. Wow, we'll look into it. Yeah. It's uh, like when you break something and you're telling your mom, oh, look for it. <laughs> right, it's just like, oh. yeah, it's like, I mean, you guys, I don't I don't think we've come across anyone that's experiencing this for the first time as we're doing these episodes, so obviously you guys know where this is going with yeah. Almec, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's pretty, yeah, it's yeah. it's there. He turns into a giant stone face with Mark Summers and tells kids how to get to the top of the aggro crag. What? You never watched Legend of the Hidden Temple. No. Golly. <laughs> I need to that show you trippy. some clips. Maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean, that it solve one area of corruption and yet there be another. Yar. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought. I really enjoyed these episodes, and I think it obviously lends itself to mostly being because of Satine and Padme, obviously. You know, I think they kind of help lead this into great episode territory. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's not much to say than we haven't said. And obviously it's full of starting all these other conversations. I mean, we've been talking about it for like 30 minutes now, and we've had like 10 different kinds of conversations about it. Bless your face. Sorry, my tire blew out. Um, <laughs> I I haven't figured out how to cur curvo uh, covertly sneeze while podcasting yet. And you always sneeze so loud. I can't help it. My body's violent. Jeez Louise. Uh, it's, it's something in the tea. Anyway, <laughs> so we'll have a quick transmission from the banking clan, and then we'll get on to the next episode. More Mandalore goodness. Yay! Alrighty, so this is the time where we throw some Amazon goodies at you, and hopefully you catch some of those goodies and enjoy that, and it goes to support the show every time you do that. 
and so some of the usual stuff, we always try and change it up and keep it relevant to what we're talking about and hopefully entice you with some Star Wars awesomeness as well. Because uh, it's just it's not just Amazon goodness, but it's Star Wars Amazon goodness. Yeah. The best kind of Amazon goodness. So uh, as usual, you guys can check out uh, links in the description for things like Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, we include a link to the traditional form of Amazon Prime, but I recently discovered all the different versions of Amazon Prime that I, I didn't know about. Um, and while they don't necessarily pertain to me, like, you know, getting food delivered to your home or getting discounts on textbooks from Amazon and so forth and so on, it might pertain to you. So check out a link in the description, see what Amazon Prime fits for you, and help make life easier with Amazon Prime. Enjoy free two-day shipping on most items in, in the Amazon store and just get other uh, great offers and deals and perks for uh, being part of the best of the best of Amazon. Uh, you can also check out a uh, link for an Audible subscription. And when you sign up for that Audible description, not only do you get uh, 30 days free, you also get uh, your first two books free. Normally you only get one, now you get two. And there's plenty of, of great Star Wars books on there that you can check out. Um, and so consider doing that. Um, do you have a recommendation for them? For Audible? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, you know what? Uh, let me give you a recommendation off the top of my dome. Um, Series of unfortunate events. There All of go. the books are on there. Um, and, and we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about another uh, yeah. thing called Series of Unfortunate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. It, it just, I mean, that's basically It's the Star first thing Wars. that popped into my head. Um, the first three are narrated by the cast of the Netflix show. Ooh. And then after that, it's it's narrated. It's read by Lemony Snicket, the person oh. who wrote the books. Interesting. He has a very nice voice. Interesting. I think Jude Law should have done it. <laughs> Like, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Uh, that's interesting. Dumbledore! So there you go. So you can check out the wide library of Star Wars books over on Audible, or you can check out a uh, series of unfortunate events. I, I panicked and I couldn't think of a Star Wars <laughs> um, Either way, though, uh, it's a great way to get your books quicker. Um, I mean, everybody listens more than they read nowadays, and so yeah. take books with you wherever you go and don't have to worry about keeping up with them or what happens if they get wet. Audiobooks don't get wet. You know? I mean, um, unless someone gives you a wet lily. Well, that person just deserves to be in jail forever if they do that nastiness. <laughs> but, uh, either way, uh, you can get through so many m more books by listening to them than reading, reading them. Uh, and usually they're read by great people. So, uh, check that out. Check out your first two books for free. And with as many books as we have coming out this year, almost one every month this year, yeah. starting in March, uh, I mean, we just have even more books announced that we're going to talk about on our main show. So if you want to know about all the other Star Wars books that you have to get ready to read or listen to, uh, then you can check out our main show after you sign up for that Audible subscription. You can also check out Amazon Prime Video. Uh, we include that because there's actually a really cool Star Wars thing coming out soon about the 501st Garrison and all the other uh, awesome things they do. We know they go to cons, we know they show up at different uh, nerdy events and whatnot, but they also do a lot of great work, and uh, Heroes of the Empire is a video uh, that will be on Amazon Prime Video soon that's meant to highlight all that awesome stuff that they do. There's so many great people in the 501st group, regardless of what experiences 
experiences you might have had at conventions and whatnot. There's so many kids that have so so much, so many special experiences with Star Wars because of guys that dress up in these crazy expensive costumes yeah. uh, and do what they do. So if you want to learn more about that world, um, then you can sign up for Amazon Prime Video. Check that out and check out all the other awesome stuff like Star Wars Resistance uh, that's also on there. Um, the other link that we're going to include on there is for a cute and adorable little Funko Pop Ahsoka. Um, last time we did a Funko Pop of Boba Fett, uh, and so we wanted to include Ahsoka because we want you to be as addicted to Funko Pops as we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with that said, um, check out those links in the description, uh, and get that goodness, and... Oh, you had something? Yeah. What's that something? Sorry. <laughs> so, another cool thing, if you are a Lego fan, is... I am? Yeah, I know you are. Uh, now on Amazon, it does... It, it is qualified for Prime. Ooh. Is the Lego Star Wars The Clone Wars General Grievous Combat Speeder. Mm-hmm. And it is 157 pieces. I thought you were going to say dollars. I was like, no. wow. No. <laughs> it's $23.99. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And it's marked down from twenty nine ninety nine, so yeah. There you go. You got a discount, and you can get it in two days if you order it after signing up for Amazon Prime. Yeah. So there you go. We we've helped you out with so many goodies, guys. Come on. So check out those links. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Get some Amazon goodies and support the show while doing that. Yeah. Uh, And and then yeah. Yeah, and it says seven to twelve years, but I'm pretty sure I can get it knocked out in a couple hours. On that note, <laughs> we are going to uh, move on. We've got one more blurb, and then we'll be back to the show. So moving on uh, to this episode. I forgot. Okay, you yeah. got an announcement. I got an announcement that I was, I was wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, let me be the first to admit that I was wrong. Olmec <laughs> uh, was not influenced by the... Or Olmec was not... Uh, in the same show as the Agro Crag, number one. That was Guts. Completely different show. Mark Summers. Okay. Uh, what I'm talking about is Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yep. Which is... I haven't seen it. I know. Because you had a lacking childhood. I did <laughs> not. No. Um, it's a show from my childhood where you basically... It's basically a survivor for kids, but only one episode at a time. Mm-hmm. No, it's like Wipeout for kids, in a way. Okay. Where the kids are competing to get uh, a treasure in the hidden temple. Mm-hmm. And the the narrator and the person who gives them clues is a giant stone face mm-hmm. named Olmec. O-L-M-M-E-C. O-L-M-E-C. Sorry, mm-hmm. I put an extra M. Olmec is the Prime Minister A-L-M-E-C. Mm-hmm. The thing that I found interesting... Mm-hmm. Was that Olmec, the giant stone face, was voiced by Dee Bradley Baker. <laughs> and so there you go. There's there's your there's, connections. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Olmec was named after Olmec. Maybe. Or it's, just because it's a cool name. Yeah. Exotic. It's like saying pin and pen. It's very it's a very similar word, but you gotta pronounce the letter that makes it different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. P-I-N, pin. Mm-hmm. P-E-N, pen. 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 Which am I saying, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> Which pen am I pinning? 
<laughs> I'm gonna go on Pinterest. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you gotta you gotta enunciate. Pen. Olnick. Pen. Olnick. Pen. <laughs> what have we become? <laughs> we've become <laughs> we've become the grammar reader. Hi, welcome to all Mech and Pin. <laughs> or as some might say, old Mech and Pin. <laughs> You're both wrong. <laughs> anyway. Can we get on with the episode, please? Sure. It was you that wanted to talk about it. I'm sorry, I had to look it up. Um so season three, episode six, The Academy. Okay. Uh the moral of the or the Academy. Uh, the moral of this episode is, those who enforce the law must obey it. And like, I, oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> With our, uh, I mean, I know we have great and, and upstanding police officers here in Augusta, but at the same time, we also have just ridiculous people that just, uh, they took the job to not have to yeah. be a part of law abiding. And that's widespread. You know, oh yeah, I mean, you go everywhere and there's people that think that having a shield makes them above the law, or being in a particular office gives you uh, the ability to be above the law and so forth yeah. and so on, and uh, there are absolutely people, not. There are people who took the job for power, basically, yep. however small that power may be. Yep, so, uh, and and you can even scale it down to whatever might make sense to you, and in whatever capacity that you might be a leader uh, or a, a, an authoritarian to someone else. And that doesn't have to be a bad word, by the way. Yeah. But in, in, in whatever way that you have authority to exercise, uh, make sure whatever authority you exercise, you're also following, you know, whatever that yeah. leadership looks like. If you teach kids, <clears throat> make sure that whatever you're teaching the kids is whatever you do. Don't teach the kids to, you know, uh, do as you say, not as you do. You know, yeah. your, your, your life example is far greater than any... Uh, oriented example that you could give. Yeah. So and be sure when you're enunciating an opinion versus a fact. Right. That's very important yeah. when teaching children. So just be responsible, people, please. Yes, please. Um, the opening narration for this episode is a world in crisis. The peaceful planet of Mandalore is being strangled by the grip of corruption. With shortages of every kind, citizens must turn their turn to the black market in order to survive. Desperate to free her people, Duchess Satine has asked her friend Padme Amidala to speak with the Jedi Council in hopes that they would send an assist, send assistance to her struggling world. Man, like I understand, uh, like sneaky business, absolutely, but I understand why uh, Padme did not take Anakin's name. Like I said, sneaky business, but at the same time, she just already had such a cool name. Mm-hmm. Amidala. Mm-hmm. It's a great name. Yeah. Really, it's one of those names that really meshes with her first name. Right. Well, and also, yeah, I mean, the big thing, I think, was just, like... Sneaky business, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the thing they were thinking about. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it was a conversation of, I would, but my name's so much prettier. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Anakin Amidala? I tried to convince you to take my last name for a little while there. Well, yeah, because John nobody knows Wilcox. I know Wilcox. And you I do. Love you. Yeah, you do. But I mean, like your name has so much more oomph in in uh, in our world. In you know, certain your, circles, your family. I mean, you know, your family's well known. In, I mean, in our particular, with with the Salvation Army, for those that are listening, is what yeah. we're talking about. You know, in the Salvation Army, you know, your family's, you know, pretty big. I mean, when people, rem- you know, now that you're Wilcox, most people are like, oh, you're a Vincent, and then all of a sudden, yeah. You know, you're a whole different person. And yeah. It's not, I'm not, you know, it's not a bad thing like your parents or grandparents do that. Mm-hmm. But it's just that, you know, people regard your family 
um, highly, and and so you know your name has has weight, which can make you feel very uncomfortable sometimes. Who me? Oh, oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Like I mean, if you, yeah. you've got expectations. Yeah, and I think like that's part of why Aunt uh, Luke in the Last Jedi kind of felt like he was falling short of the Skywalker name. Well, up to that point, it had been about killing children. So true. Also, <laughs> yes. I mean, and he, he kind of <laughs> inadvertently got kill children killed, so yeah, he's being a good Skywalker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shut That's up. a joke. But yeah, it, what's in a name? A lot of expectation. There. All done. Bye. Sure. Let's get on with the conversation. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, in the last episode, Padme was true to her word and spoke to the Jedi because Anakin and Ahsoka are on their way to Mandalore. Yay! Party mm-hmm. vote. Um, the mission is to investigate corruption while also educating the young students and future leaders in hopes to change the future in the present. Important. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, it's like, it's a good cover, but it's also good business. Like, you know, if you can find the corruption, that's cool. If you can also teach them how to not grow corrupt, uh, being future leaders, also cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're taking care of current corruption and ensuring, uh, against future corruption. Although, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter because Mandalorians are, you know, pretty much extinct at this point. So. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you can't change the present, change the future. Yep. Boom. But again, they're pretty much extinct at this point. Probably. So. Not really. But there's there's only... All those kids I mean, are dead. I, I would... I would... I would dangerously venture to say there's maybe a couple thousand or less. By the time we last see the Mandalorians, that's probably the, the amount of people left. Probably. That's incredibly depressing. That's the Empire. <laughs> That's showbiz, baby. That's Jack Testa. <laughs> we make so many references you guys probably don't get. But if, if you, you do... If you do, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you know about the aggro crag, please, please send me your Mark Summers gifts, because I will gladly take them. Uh, Satine is a little bit worried when it turns out that Anakin will not be staying uh, he was just there to drop off Ahsoka. Yeah, um, dropping her off for school. <laughs> dropping her off for school. Have a good day. Have a great day. And like I made the point last night, and I will reiterate in the next episode. But we really see like I don't have to be very sad that Padme and Anakin missed out on parenting their oh, children yeah. because they got to parent Ahsoka mm-hmm. in a way. And that makes me very happy. Well, it's so funny because when you see Ahsoka with Anakin versus Ahsoka with Padme, it's such different styles. It's very (laughs) dad-mom. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. Um, But yeah, Satine and Ahsoka teaming up. One of my favorites. Uh, Just all of my favorite ladies on one planet. Like, very, very cool. So, yeah. Ahsoka quickly jumps in to educating the students, even though she feels a little worried at first about, you know, will she be able to do it justice? Mm-hmm. Um, she teaches them about what corruption is and what the responsibility of the public is to keep their leaders accountable, mm-hmm. which is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And when you, when that relationship of accountability is in place, that leads to a lot less corruption yeah it's usually yeah things are usually healthier um of course you know in a perfect world yeah and that that goes for schools workplaces uh countries it goes for personal relationships Mm -hmm. you have to have a certain amount of accountability 
in order to make sure that sh- <laughs> she doesn't listen to me. You have to make sure that number one, your friendship is healthy mm-hmm. and your relationship is healthy. And number two, that you're keeping the other person in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Accountability is key. Um, what did you think about Ahsoka, the student teaching students? Like, I mean, she, I mean, she kind of steps into a role here. Um, but in reality, she's like 13. Yeah, she's a babe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it kind of shows how kind of <laughs> on their high horse the Jedi are. Just being like, oh, well, she's a Jedi. Therefore, she is the wise. She knows what to do. Right. Like, and the people around her aren't really speaking into that very much. Of Just because you are a Jedi, you must be much more than the other children. Yeah. Like, right, you're not a kid, you're a Jedi. Yeah. Like, you, you aren't, you know, young, you're a Jedi. Yeah. Like, it, simply being a Jedi makes you qualified. It's the same thing with, like, the clone cadets. They're mm. children. No, they're not. They're clones. Exactly. They're, they're future <laughs> soldiers. Ugh. Ugh. They have no other potential than that. Like, I wonder what Ahsoka's mom and dad are like. Who knows? She definitely doesn't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy how it's just like, you know, people were probably, I mean, it's probably as simple as just like, you know. Yeah. It was a split second of, wait, isn't she like a teenager? But, oh no, she's a Jedi. Yeah. And I... She's a baby. To be fair, I mean, it's not to say that she doesn't do the job justice. It's not that she doesn't yeah. do well. It is just that it's it's kind of concerning how much the Jedi of her is taken rather than her... I mean, I'm sure they gave her the, the job because they felt she could handle it. Yeah. But it's also like... Also, nobody else wanted to do it. Well, <laughs> wait, the, but the, you gave her the job just because, you know, she's a Jedi. Of course she'll get it done. You know, of course she'll do, a, do it well, you know, yeah. and so forth and so on. I mean, you don't really think about she's young, you know, and so forth and so on. I mean, yeah. and where did she learn this? We don't know. I mean, Pinky, goodness gracious. I will give you pets in a moment, please. She is talkative. She needs a treat. But yeah, so. Yeah. Just thought that was interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so, uh, in the class that Ahsoka's teaching, these kids are trying to learn, but they're also very easily bored, which is kind of troublesome for youths. Yeah. As we as we say often, you know, idle hands are the devil's playthings. Mm-hmm. Which I don't say that. I say idle mind is the devil's playground. But, I mean, same thing. If you get bored, you're going to get in trouble, basically. <laughs> Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects. Sorry. That was a dumb <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, as, as is usual for, for your taste, but Sorry. whatever. No. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, either way. Get bored, you're probably going to get in trouble. Is usually yeah. a safe bet. Listen, that, that was my entire life in school. As a kid with ADHD. If you leave me alone for a moment... There's going to be either, you know, something on the ceiling, or I'm going to be on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) So, the kids are bored, and they're hungry, and who we find out is Satine's nephew, Corky. 
Such a stupid name. Such a stupid name. Oh That's God. such like a nephew name. Right. Like, every other Mandalorian name up to this point I've been with. But Corky? <laughs> Cork Like, and that's not his nickname, apparently. That's no. just him. What the... What? What? I don't <laughs> understand. That poor child. Yeah, and the kids start to wonder how there's a food shortage when there's so much food down in the warehouses. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so they take... They take the lesson a little bit too seriously, which is common for children. Mm -hmm. So be careful while you're teaching them. Just a side note. Um, they decide to go investigate the docks. And while they're there, they see an individual and some unmarked Mando guards talking to three goats. Goatles. Goatles. Goatlehihu. Yeah. Goat people. Yeah, goat people in Star Wars. Goat people in Star Wars. Yep. Like the goatmen. The, the New Jersey they Goatman. They clearly got a season of just wanting to use this because uh, in the next episodes in, that yeah, we're we uh, talking too. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's one of those things where it's like they clearly created, they rendered the character model and just wanted to use it as much as possible. You know what I appreciate? Mm -hmm. I've, told the, I've told you this before. I've told you many times. Sure. If, if you have a, an alien that looks like a particular animal, mm -hmm. use that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they do it with the Goatles. Yep. Like, they, they have a very bad voice. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate, and like, like, I've talked about it before with Bosk. Mm -hmm. I appreciate when people do, like, the hissy voice. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's needed. He's That's a sneak. naked snake. He's a snake. <laughs> He's a snake with arms and legs, which I guess is a lizard. As most people would call it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, though. Um, so, the kids barely escape. And we don't really know what the black market business was, but clearly it's to do with the lack of the food. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite clear what their business was, which it's not really important. Obviously, it just communicates that something was up. I don't know if maybe they just weren't delivering as much as they said they were delivering or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. But, um, what, so we talked earlier about how, you know, in keeping the wrong accountable, sometimes... You don't necessarily do the right things to do it. Does that make it okay? Because um, in this instance, you know, and and Satine brings it up later. She's like, "So you broke into the warehouse? Yes. Like, you know, you did something illegal, but found out something about something more illegal than what you did. Yeah. So is it okay? And we're not just talking about it in that sense, but just in general. You know, for me to bend the rules in order to find out about someone breaking the rules and holding them accountable is, you know, where where the line is, you know, I mean, it's tough. Um, and, of course, in this instance, we overlook it. We kind of just treat it like, eh, you know. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, yeah, but they still broke the rules. They still did something illegal. So it's like, you yeah. know, how much do we overlook for you know, the good, you know, and so forth and so on. Yeah. I'm going to need you to talk to your child, because she's bitten me twice now. <laughs> well, it's just her way of saying she likes you. <laughs> it's your way of saying you like me too, and I don't like it either. <laughs> I mean, you just got to get used to our love language. <laughs> pain? <laughs> uh, sure, I don't pain? know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Anakin. Um, so, Terrible. the kids go to Satine the next day, who does what adults do when they've 
when, when kids have uncovered the, a conspiracy. We see it in Monster Squad. We see it in so many movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells them that she will take care of it and that they should not worry about it anymore. It, these are adult matters. These are grown-up matters. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, she's not wrong in a way, but it's usually to do with how you communicate it. Yeah. Because clearly it didn't seem like she really believed them. Yeah. And, and it only made matters worse. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it it costs zero dollars, to be honest, with kids. Let's be real. Like, if... If you don't tell them how you're going to handle something, you don't have to give them all of the details, but so that they know that they can trust you to handle a situation. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta peel, peel back the curtain a little right, bit. Right, because, you know, you, you've got to help them let go of it. Yeah. And so forth. Otherwise, they're going to still feel like they have to do something. Yeah. And usually that leads them to making a wrong decision, as it does in this situation. Yeah. Um, so, the kids go to the Prime Minister, Almec, not Olmec, Almec, uh, who tells them to meet him that night to take care of the matter. Not suspicious. Spooky, spooky. Boy, stop it. Um... At the school, they reveal what they've done to Ahsoka, who is less than pleased. Right, there was almost like we did what we we learned it from watching you. Come on, you know it's yeah. like they share it like you know we we thought you would have liked that we did what you said. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of like no, that you're not supposed to break the rules to get the ones that break rules. Yeah. Like, also, yet another learned reference from the Reagan administration. Right. Well, I mean, it would have been as simple as, if they were really curious about it, they could have gone through the proper channels of saying, hey, if the docks seem full, why are we short on food? And started a proper investigation. But by going about it like, no, we'll just break in. You know, I mean, again, breaking and entering seems like a minor thing, especially since they uncover something, but it's still wrong. Yeah. You know? So And probably if they'd gone through the proper channels... They wouldn't be caught in some uh, dank business with the Prime Minister, so... Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, that night the exchange goes down about as you would expect a shady exchange would. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are double-crossed and about to be arrested, but Ahsoka arrives to rescue them. They then use the magic of the lot to reveal the face of the unknown individual from that warehouse meeting. And surprise! It's all Mick. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, I can't see his face. Here, Star Wars technology, make it happen, and it happens. Zhoo! Yep, kind of. I mean, obviously, we knew who it was the whole time. Yeah, I mean, Almec has been shady since the last episode. Let's be real. Yep. Um, so, they come up with a plan to set things right, and Ahsoka turns the kids in in, in hopes to find out what is happening to Satine, who seems to have been kidnapped. While the students were failing, or falling into the trap. Well, failing, too. Um, it turns out that Satine is in prison, too, and Almec is wanting her to sign a confession that she was behind the corruption, while Almec gives a, an evil speech, gives a monologue about why what he's doing is good for the good of the people. Mm-hmm. Doing whatever is necessary. Mm-hmm. And when, re- I mean, and, and Satine calls it out where it's like, you just want to keep your power. You just want to, you know, you, you think you're, you're doing good. I mean, yeah. you don't even think you're doing good. You're just saying that. I mean, none of it, I don't believe for a second he thinks that he's doing the right thing. No. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. In the end, Ahsoka and the kids are able to turn the tables on Almec, and he lands himself in prison. Not prison. Prison. Uh, so Satine congratulates and thanks Ahsoka for her help, and now Mandalore has another mess somewhat cleaned up, but clearly things are still degrading for the Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, apparently this was Satine's plan all along. Yeah. Not necessarily with Almec. Like, uh, she kind of reveals, like, she knew someone was behind something greater and thought that bringing Ahsoka there would root it out. Yeah. So it's kind of like, ah, this was my plan all along. Ah. Which I kind of get, but it's also like, okay, but yeah, your plan almost got four innocent children killed. Including so. your nephew. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, he's got a bad haircut, so, I mean, he's questionable, but... Listen, most people in the Clone Wars have a bad haircut. Yeah, clearly. So Have you seen Gree? I'm never yeah, gonna get oh over Oh, gosh, that. the double mohawk. What the heck? It's so bad! Like, what the heck, Gree? <laughs> Come on, dude. Didn't they teach you better than that at the Clone Academy? I don't know. I, that's the thing where it's like, you get, you know, just be creative and, and do whatever you want with your armor and your hair. You know, we really want you to accentuate your creativity. And they do something weird like that, and it's like, you're ruining it for everybody, Gree. Just you know. like, everyone has the right to be creative and do whatever they want. But not Gree. But not Gree. <laughs> you don't get that right. You've lost your hair privileges. <laughs> Go um, shave your head like Rex. Right. Well, he do, it's not, uh, It he still has hair. It's a buzz cut. It's actually uh, bleached. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't you get you don't get the full effect. Where did he uh, get the bleach? With this, Star Wars doesn't have bleach. I don't know. Like I mean, they have equivalent. Yeah. Or, did, well, dye whatever. Did he but. break into the medical facility? Stole some like hydro, hydro the stuff you put on cuts to make them stop bleeding. That it bleaches I'm pretty sure your he hair. Just asked the barber droid to dye his hair. I don't know. I don't think he went through much trouble <laughs> for it. The concept of a barber droid is so funny for me. I mean, like I'm imagining. Of course, that's who cuts hair in Star Wars. Like, an android with a pot belly and a curly mustache. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just a a pole with a, a razor. Oh man, <laughs> that makes me want to watch Wally. Again. Think about how that works. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's a, it's so tragic. Because, you know, when we first see Mandalore, even though they have scars from their ward history, you also look at it as, wow, very beautiful. They're, they're, in, they're very progressive. They're, yeah. There's so much to be in awe of about Mandalore. And now looking at it, it's like it's so grungy and dirty. You know, even looking around, it's not, the tones aren't as bright as they used to be. They're much more dark and gray. And it, it's really showing that this war is taking a toll on them, and, and, and it's meant to represent even more people that are suffering. Yeah. Even if you're not directly involved in the war, you are still suffering from it. Yeah. Everybody's affected by this, and ultimately, this is how the Empire takes over, is everything's yeah. either too weak to take over, or they're so weak that they at, they, they're like, yeah, whatever, just help. Yeah. You know, and not realizing the Empire's not going to help the situation, they're just going to make it worse. So, I mean, it's it's crazy um, how quick things have changed for Mandalore. And we're not done yet. Yep. Those, those of you that have seen uh, the show know that we're not done with Mandalore yet. So yeah. uh, it's going to be getting into some interesting episodes uh, later this season and into the next season and so forth and so on. Yeah. And I'm going to say to you, well, I'm going to say to the audience what I said to you last night when we were watching the episodes. If Satine dies, 
I'm gonna punch you in the face. Okay, bye. No, I'm <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. Because that's our episode, guys. You introduced me to this, and you and are going to reap the consequences. Hopefully, you enjoyed this uh, episode. Uh, it's always nice to get uh, not only Satine but also Padme and Ahsoka in the leading chair, uh, and just have some uh, good old political turmoil. <laughs> in the Star Wars galaxy. When aren't we in political turmoil in I'm Star in Wars? I'm in eternal turmoil, constantly. I have a lot of food allergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, so, uh, yeah, let us know uh, what you guys thought about these episodes. If you aren't already, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and let us know which of these was your favorite episodes, why, and so yeah. forth and so on, and, and, and what you uh, think of where the Mandalorians are going. Uh, obviously, you might already know where they're going, but uh, just kind of the political climate that's leading them there and all that stuff. Uh, thanks to Rebecca on Patreon for helping be a part of what makes this uh, show happen uh, every every day that we put out something. Uh, if you want to check out ways that you can join Rebecca in supporting the show uh, with much monthly contributions, then you can head over to our Patreon page where you can see the different tiers and benefits that we have for those who would choose to give if you have that ability. If you don't have the ability to financially support the show, you can always support the show uh, by letting others know what you think of it, um, by reviewing us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you're able, we really would love if you would uh, head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it, and leave us a review there. Uh, and just let other people know what you think and, and share the podcast around with your friends, family, and cats. Uh, but not your dogs, because dogs don't like Star Wars. That's a lie. That's a lie. But... Anyway, uh, share it with everybody. Let everybody know you love the show if you love the show. If you don't love the show, eh, you know, go go listen to uh, Rebel Force Radio or something. I don't know uh, if that show even still exists. So that's a deep cut. That is a very deep cut. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we will be back later today with another episode of the Clone Wars Rewatch where we'll be talking about the episodes Assassin, Sphere of Influence, and Arc Troopers. And so we'll have some good, fun conversation about that. Uh, and then we'll be back Monday as usual. So, without further ado, guys, until we come at you later, have a great rest of your day. Uh, what's that thing they say in Star Wars again? May the Force be with you. <laughs> and stay scruffy. Bye, guys.